Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Happy to be here with you this morning inside of the morning menu, probably presented by the Market Diner on 2100 Park Street in Syracuse, New York, in the regional market across from Destiny, USA. It is an honor and a privilege to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. That is Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time right here where sports meets life on MixLR.com backslash DT and on WakeUpCallDT.com's homepage where you can listen to the live feed as well. So thank you so much for tuning in and being a part of the show. I appreciate it tremendously and I hope that you are having a phenomenal, phenomenal day and a great start to your weekend. Because we are jumping into the weekend, it's going to be fun, it's going to be exciting, and hopefully you got your shopping done. If not, you're going to be running out doing some fun things, and that'll be good for you. Hopefully you'll get your you'll get all your shopping done and taken care of in a very quick uh, time period, because I know that nobody likes to be out kind of hanging out and, and dealing with the crazies, as my mom likes to call it. So I hope that all is well, and we're going to be starting Fantasy Football Friday a little bit earlier here on the broadcast, and Fantasy Football Friday is proudly presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub on 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York, in the Home Depot Plaza. Thank you to so many of you that go out there to watch the games. I appreciate you tremendously for going out there and watching the games, no matter what game it is, who's playing, what's going on. This weekend, you have Saturday games, you have Sunday games. You are, I mean, you're, you're well-stocked to go out and enjoy yourself at the Wildcat Sports Pub, proudly bringing you Fantasy Football Friday every single Friday with Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com and myself, Dan Tatora of WakeUpCallDT.com. Mike, how you doing today? Awesome. How you doing? Doing very well. And, and Mike, uh, first and foremost, just what you can say about uh, the matchup that happened most recently here on the schedule. The Broncos, like I said, I was like, you know, the Colts and the Broncos – it is, it's a matchup of the two teams that Peyton Manning played for, which is a really sad reminder that Peyton Manning doesn't play for either one of them anymore. And the Broncos ended up winning this game 25-13. to Peyton Manning's old backup, Brock Osweiler, won this game. Two touchdowns, 12-17, 25-13. What thoughts do you take away from this one fantasy-wise? Well, I think uh, I'm scared if I still have anybody from Indianapolis on my roster because I don't think, you know, it didn't, just didn't appear like anybody was doing anything. I mean, a very pedestrian performance all night long. It looked like they were going to come out and, and do something. They were able to get the score right away. Uh, Jacoby running one in and capped it off with a with a field goal by Adam Vinatieri. And then Brock Osweiler, just before the half, was able to bring them back. And he, he ran one in for almost 20 yards. And then, you know, it didn't look like it was going to be a game. But Denver and, and Osweiler, I, I never thought I'd say it. Osweiler actually looked pretty good. They didn't ask him to do too much. And he didn't. He wasn't really pressed. C.J. Anderson ran for a lot of yards. Devontae Booker, you know, was a part of the offense. It looked like they were spreading things around with Demarius Thomas and and Sanders as well. So it was a total team effort. It appeared by the part of the Broncos. Yeah, you know, for this for this matchup, the Broncos, you know, took care of business, and the Broncos have been 
an up and down team. They've been a strange team this year. They came in with the number one defense in the country. They came in with a mentality that some people thought that this was going to be a team that was going to make it to the Super Bowl that was worthy of the Super Bowl. I was somebody that thought that, you know, that they had the capability of of making a run here with Kansas City as well. But who would have thought that the season would start out with Paxton Lynch and Trevor Simeon fighting for the job, only to have that job taken away by Brock Osweiler, who was let go two years before. And at the end of the day, Osweiler comes back all the more richer, and he has two touchdowns, almost 200 yards, no interceptions, 12-17. C.J. Anderson ran for 158 yards. Demarius Thomas had 69 yards. Cody Latimer caught a touchdown in this game. You know, but on the other side, Jack Doyle was the best news that they had. Frank Gore did nothing. Jacoby Brissett, I mean, Jacoby Brissett's not a bad quarterback, but this offense is just absolutely atrocious. And the Indianapolis Colts, their reign of terror in the AFC South, is not happening this year, for sure, by any stretch of the imagination. And like you said, if you have anybody on your fantasy roster from Indy, it's questionable at this point. Saturday games, getting excited. Saturday, December 16th, 4.30 and 8.25. It's like Thanksgiving all over again. Christmas come early as well. Chicago is playing Detroit. Detroit needs this game to save their life. They need every game to save their life. And Chicago's coming off of a game where they completely and utterly embarrassed the Cincinnati team that will not be going to the playoffs to lose in the first round this year. So thoughts on this one? Yeah, this is going to be an interesting game. But first off, do yourself a favor. Please remember these are Saturday games. It used to happen when you used to have those couple of Thursday games, but now it's an every week thing. People are used to it. But I always hear a horror story every year about, oh, I forgot to put this guy on my roster, and it's Sunday morning, and the guy went off for three touchdowns. Don't be that guy. Go ahead and make sure your stuff's in on Saturday. But the Bears, you know, Trubisky's looking better and better each week. However, you know, this is against Detroit, and Detroit has this guy named Matt Stafford on the other side. He's a number seven quarterback this week. You know, Chicago can run the ball as well. You know, Jordan Howard should put up some decent numbers. He's a low-end RB1. And then passing the ball, that's where they're going to have a challenge because, well, Trubisky is still Trubisky. He's still on a learning curve. And, well, I'm not sure Chicago has anybody they can really throw the ball to. So with that in mind, you're going to look for value on the other side of the ball in this one. You know, Eric Ebron's been showing up lately. He's a top-end tight end, too. And Marvin Jones, I really like what Marvin Jones has going on. He's almost the number one, so he's better than the number two corner on the other side, which is key because, of course, they're going to cover Golden Tate as well. So if you have any any of the offense, if you have any receivers for Detroit, go ahead and start them. The quarterbacks start them. You know, Detroit has a problem running the ball right now. When Theo Reddick is your number one performer running the ball, you got problems. But look out for this guy named Keon Green who's been uh, – taking the field as of late. This is a young guy that I think might produce some spark. If you're looking to stretch, if you have a real deep league or you want a, a, a long shot in a DFS league, that might be your play there, Green. Yeah, for this for this one, I mean, Chicago obviously showed that these two guys, you can never count them out. That's why I said, you know, I, I've relegated them to flex positions, but they're still worth putting out there. Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen, I mean, they're playing Detroit for goodness sake, so... Put them both out there. If you have them, play them. If you have them both, it's the best case scenario for anybody because if one of them has a dismal day, because there's moments where Tariq Cohen 
has five carries for one yard, but then he has a receiving touchdown. There, And then Jordan Howard's usually the moneymaker when it comes to getting the yardage on the ground. So you have to have, I mean, really, honestly, the best thing to do is to have them both, and this is the year to do it. It's probably not going to happen after this unless you're very strategic moving forward. But as far as any injuries, Adam Shaheen, chest injury, he's questionable for the game. I would anticipate he would be playing, but just watch on that. And no, really nobody from Detroit for you to be of concern of. So for Chicago, Jordan Howard, Tariq Cohen, those are the guys put out there. Adam Shaheen, if you have to play a two tight end set, if you don't, then he's probably left off. Kendall Wright, hopefully you're not leaning on him or Josh Bellamy for the Chicago Bears. On Detroit's side of things, Theo Riddick, he had 29 yards and two touchdowns this past week against Tampa Bay. He's not a big yardage gainer. He's not a guy that's going to that's gonna help you out in that respect. He can get you into the end zone. But Eric Ebron, Golden Tate, and Marvin Jones Jr., those have all been helpful. Where do I put them? Golden Tate, a low-end two. Marvin Jones, a flex. Eric Ebron, he's a low-end one for me. So they're not bad options for you to put out there. I wouldn't scoff at any of them. But Matty Stafford, as you could see, I didn't say to definitely put him out and play him. Why? Because, well, Chicago's been winning some games that they're not supposed to be winning, and they've been winning handily. And Matt Stafford, he's coming off of a one-touchdown, two-interception victory. Statistically, he has not been a good fantasy quarterback for you this season. So hopefully you're not relying on good old Matty Stafford. The other Saturday game, Los Angeles at Kansas City, speaking on the Chargers at Kansas City. And the beauty, I talked about this earlier in the week, The beauty of everything that is scheduling is when you make the schedule, you have no idea what's going to happen in the throes of the season. Then you play the games, and this game literally will decide who has the division in the 15th week of the season with two weeks to play. So whether it's the Chargers or the Chiefs, whoever wins is going to have control of the division moving forward. What do you think about this one? Even though, you know, if you were just looking at it and haven't been paying attention or been under a rock all season, you're looking and you're like, oh, two, seven, and six teams, big deal. Well, this is a big deal, and this is a, a team in the Chargers that's been really hot after starting 0-4. You know who else started 0-4 and made it to a Super Bowl? Back in the 90s, the Chargers. Phillip Rivers has been hot lately, and I think that they got a good combination going. I think Keenan Allen's been exploding as of late. I know he was a little bit down last week. Melvin Gordon's been steady Eddie. So if you have any of these guys, they're all number ones in their position. Of course, I don't need to tell you that. Hunter Henry's been making some appearances again lately. He was down for a few weeks. He's a tight end one as well. But Casey's got some guys that can play some ball. You know, you just got to hope they show up with some consistency. You know, you can't be down for five weeks and then come back for a week and think everything's all right. This is where it all matters. All the chips are on the table. There is no tomorrow. You have to win a division. You might not make the playoffs in this in this division if you don't win it. So the bottom line is still the bottom line. And Kareem Hunt's going to have a decent game. He's a low-end RB1. And Tyreek Hill, again, low-end wide receiver one. The reason why these guys are low-end is they've been putting some dismal performances together mostly, but they're capable of exploding. And this is a good offensive game. This would be a great game for some fantasy points. Don't forget Travis Kelsey for the Chiefs. He's only the number two tight end this week. So, you know, this is going to be an exciting game for fantasy points. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and as far as injuries go for this game, and neither side you should have much of concern about injury-wise. So for the Los Angeles Chargers, first and foremost, 
who to put out there in this game. Phillip Rivers, this is where he's going to have some fun. He had two touchdowns, no picks, over 300 yards in the victory over Washington. So Phillip Rivers is a guy to look at at a mid-range to low-end quarterback one. Melvin Gordon, obviously, he is another option for you. Hunter Henry is an option for you. Keenan Allen should be an option for you. And Tyrell Williams, if you have to pick up somebody, he may be on the waiver wire because I do believe some have given up on him earlier on in the season. You might want to go and get the guy that just came off of a big game. He's inconsistent, but he had 132 yards on just four catches and a touchdown. He caught all four ti- all four balls that were thrown his way, caught all of them. So if, you're ty- if you have the op- opportunity to put a flex guy out there and you can get somebody else on your roster, Tyrell Williams is not a bad guy to put out there because he has been outperforming Travis Benjamin and Mike Williams, and Mike Williams came back from injury, still nursing it, kind of. So Keenan Allen, your best bet at wide receiver for the Chargers. Hunter Henry, a good option, too, at tight end. And then Tyrell Williams is probably a steal you can make right now that could help you out in the long run. Kansas City, uh, Kareem Hunt, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey, the usual suspects. I like them all. But, yeah, I agree with Mike. Travis Kelsey I would put him as a low-end tight end one, Tyreek Hill, low-end wide receiver one, Kareem Hunt, a low-end, a mid-to-low-end running back one just because of the lack of consistency. However, if you keep any of these guys on your bench, you'll probably be calling me up or writing to the show and swearing, so don't do that to yourself. Into the Sunday games, December 17th, Miami at Buffalo. Thoughts on this one? Yeah, this is a game that that Miami's coming off that big win at home against New England. Now, I don't know what the weather's going to be like, but if it was like it was last week for Buffalo, there's going to be a ton of snow. You know, both underperforming teams at time, but this is a situation where the Bills can actually still play their way in, same with the Dolphins can actually still play their way in. So this is a critical game for both teams. I don't look for quality quarterback play here, so hopefully you don't have either quarterback in Taylor or Cutler. You know, running back, look, LeSean McCoy's the value here. He's an RB1. He's always been an RB1. He'll always be an RB1. And this is a guy that they're going to give the rock to. And, you know, on the other side of the ball, Kenyon Drake's been looking really good, too. So I think you got to give some respect to both running backs, of course. I would think Kenyon Drake's more of a low-end RB2 in my book here. Wide receivers, I, I don't know. If they can continually get the ball to Jarvis Landry or Devontae Parker, tight end play's been abysmal in, in Miami with Julius Thomas, was supposed to be much better with the Adam Gay situation. Charles Clay's where the value is at tight end. He's a low-end tight end one, number 11 overall this week. And receiving the ball is a problem in Buffalo right now as well. So we'll just have to wait and see as far as the receiving, as far as quarterbacks. But all the values really in the running backs in this game. Yeah, this matchup for me, is as far as we go when it comes to it, I mean, I have to agree with you that the best option that Miami's going to give anybody in fantasy is with LaShawn McCoy. I'm happy that LaShawn McCoy was able to get that touchdown, the one that he ran in and then ran ran out of the building. You know, that was a necessity for me, and I'm happy that he did it because he's out there playing for my team. Uh, injury-wise, Matt Moore is questionable to play in the game. Damian Williams is questionable with a shoulder injury at the running back position for Miami. For Buffalo, really quick here, the Bills have a lot on uh, Calvin Benjamin's questionable with a knee injury. Jordan Matthews underwent surgery on his left knee and right ankle. 
He's on injury reserve. Charles Clay, knee injury, is a limited participant in practice on Wednesday. He's questionable. Andre Holmes has a neck problem, which has left him questionable. So most of those guys, you would be questionable if you have them on your roster right now anyways. So hopefully you've been smart in that respect. Miami's coming off of a very strong victory, and and that is huge for them. They're going to be playing in Buffalo, though. And we, we know that if snow is in the forecast, that could be a dangerous, dangerous betty for that. I still think Jay Cutler is a low-end quarterback one in this. If you have a two-quarterback situation, you could look at somebody like him. I don't... I don't rest my entire fantasy future on him, especially because we're in the playoffs, but I don't think he's a bad option against Buffalo. I like Kenyon Drake in this game, and then, you know, if I have to choose, uh, Jarvis Landry would be the choice as far as Miami receivers go. On Buffalo's side of it, I like LaShawn McCoy. That's all I got for you. It's LaShawn McCoy or bust on Buffalo's side. Baltimore at Cleveland, thoughts on this one? Yeah, the quarterback play is going to be abysmal in this one as well. Joe Flacco looked like he was making some strides last week against Pittsburgh. They fought very well. They they played very well until the very end against Pittsburgh. And, you know, it's a shame, and I hope it didn't take the wind out of their sails. But there, if there is a week for an upset, if there is a week for Cleveland to blemish their perfect record, this might be the week. I'm not calling out for a, for an upset here, but I'm telling you, if there is going to be an upset this week, this would be the one. You know, the the running game for both teams is probably where most of the value is at. However, Isaiah Crowell's kind of knocked down a few pegs in this one against the Baltimore defense that's been pretty good against everybody except Pittsburgh. But then again, Pittsburgh has that super offense. You know, Baltimore's going to be able to slow things down. If you're in a PPR league, I would suggest Duke Johnson over Isaiah Crowell, but either one of those guys are RB3s or flex guys only this week. Quarterback play is not going to be what it needs to be. The one bright spot, and hopefully you were able to pick him up and stash him or surprise everybody when he came back, is Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon has played very well since he's been back. He's a wide receiver, too, which is astonishing because this is only like his second or third game back here, but this is a guy who's been able to get things done. And, you know, tight end position, same thing. I, I, I don't know who I can count on. So I think the one bright spot, again, Josh Gordon, maybe if you're really reaching a Corey Coleman, if he's able to take the field, because, well, quite frankly, Gordon's going to draw all the attention. So look for not much in this game fantasy-wise, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, Cleveland is so absolutely atrocious. They found a way to lose to Green Bay. They they literally had to try their hardest to lose to Green Bay and to lose to Brett Hundley, who has gotten better. This 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 Cleveland Browns team, I'm still, like, I, I always jokingly say this, I'm waiting for them to return. I, I heard they came back in 1999. I'm still waiting to see them come out of the tunnel because I haven't seen anybody. So, you know, as far as Cleveland goes, who do you put out there? I mean, <laughs> I, it's laughable at this point. Isaiah Crowell, I want to tell you, you know what? He's coming off of a game where he had 121 yards. But at the same time, it's Isaiah Crowell. He is one of the worst players when it comes to consistency. He is not the guy to hang your hat on. He's not the guy to lean on and hope to Jesus that things are going to work out. He's typically the person that is pissing you off from week to week. That's what he's doing. Now, injury-wise, David Njoku was limited in practice with foot and wrist injuries 
at the tight end position. And then Mike Wallace is questionable on the other side, a wide receiver for Baltimore. Who do I play for Baltimore? Their defense and special teams. I play Alex Collins. I consider Javoris Allen. I consider Chris Moore if I got to grab and stash somebody on a flex position. That's who I look at. If I'm on Cleveland's side, this is very difficult. I mean, I know some people, they feel compelled to put Josh Gordon out there. They want to put Josh Gordon out there. You can put him as a wide receiver three. I don't think he's one of your top two. And again, Cleveland could shock the world like they almost did against Green Bay. But Cleveland is Cleveland. And numbers-wise, the inconsistency is so rampant that for me to tell you absolutely positively 100% play this person could be a detriment to your team, and I'm not going to do that. Cincinnati at Minnesota, who do you have for this one? Yeah, I think this is going to be all Minnesota. Minnesota's played well this year. You know, they, they did take the loss of Carolina last week, but on all sides of the ball, Minnesota's just been playing well, and it starts up front with Case Keenum. He's a low-end quarterback one. I know they keep questioning whether he's going to be the starter week to week, which is ridiculous, but he's playing well, and you know the Cincinnati matchup bodes well for him. He should be able to put up some decent numbers. You know, on the on the other side of the ball, I can't say as much with that tough Minnesota defense. Andy Dalton's going to struggle, so hopefully you're not counting on him. You know, Latavius Murray, he seems to be the guy. You know, he, things evolve, and it's funny. He went from being the guy to being the guy on the bench as the rookie took over to being the guy that the third string running back in McKinnon was above, and now he seems to be the the guy re- receiving the better touches, the red zone touches, the quality touches. Jerk McKinnon's still quality flex play, but Latavius Murray's more of an RB2 for you. And, you know, receiving the ball, A.J. Green is steady Eddie. He's the guy. He's a wide receiver one you can trot out there every single week. And on the other side of the ball, they got this guy, Adam Thielen. This guy's an undrafted guy from a few years back, and this guy's just fought his way. You know, it looked like he was going to be the number two. Now he's appearing to be the number one, Adam Thielen, in wide receiver one status again this week. And, you know, dropping off low-end wide receiver two is Stephon Diggs. You can still count on him. You just got to keep yourself in check, keep your expectations in check. And, you know, I wish I could say something good about Tyler Croft, but he's been falling off lately. Kyle Rudolph may get you something here, but, you know, I'm not sure if he's going to be able to take the field. So, you know, I think the value is in the running backs and the quarterback play, and there's going to be some receiving. There's going to be some receiving, but I think it's going to be mostly A.J. Green and Adam Thielen. Yeah, this this matchup between the two of them, there has, I mean, it's gone, as far as Minnesota, they've been able to run the ball at times. They've been able to create some good moments. Cincinnati's been consistently inconsistent, and they, I mean, they were completely embarrassed by Chicago, and Chicago's a bad team. Chicago's 4-9, and nine, Cincinnati's 5-8. and eight. We're probably seeing the end of Marvin Lewis at this point. And as far as Cincinnati's injuries go, their list is vast. And uh, <laughs> Giovanni Bernard, knee injury, questionable. Joe Mixon, concussion, questionable. And those are the two guys that you have, you know, that you may have on your roster that will be of concern for you as you move forward. Uh, Minnesota, Kyle Rudolph, ankle injury. He did not take part in practice on Thursday. He is questionable to play in this game. So when you look at the matchup with Cincinnati going up against Minnesota in Minnesota, A.J. Green is an opportunity for you. He's a low-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three for me because he's – and this is why, and Mike and I had this conversation, why he's not a top-five wide receiver in fantasy to me in power rankings because he's not consistent. 
He's not consistent. He doesn't stay 100% healthy. Those are big things that keep me away from drafting A.J. Green. On the other side of it for Minnesota, Adam Thielen, he's been more consistent than anybody in the receiving cores on either side of this team. So I like him in this one. Stephon Diggs, he's he's a flex position guy for me right now. He's not a one or a two. Uh, he's His inconsistency concerns me. Kyle Rudolph, if he's healthy enough to go, he's an option for you. I consider him a low-end tight end one. And then as far as the running backs on either side of it, there, there's really not anything to trust. And if Giovanni Bernard's not feeling good, Brian Hill's going to be your guy in the backfield. So if you don't know who Brian Hill is, I'll give you a nice little tutorial. He's a rookie out of Wyoming, if you don't know that. And he is probably not somebody that you – I mean, definitely that's not someone you go and grab and put on your roster for this. With no offense to Brian Hill, Cincinnati does not run the ball well, and they had three heads to run it, and none of the heads could do it. And when they say you cut off one, two more grow – well, all the heads that have been cut off and that have grown in Cincinnati have not produced any type of positive action. New York Jets at the New Orleans Saints before we take our fast break. Mike, what do you think about this one? Yeah, the Jets are just pitiful. Bryce Petty is going to be pitiful. I mean, I hate to be Debbie Downer here, but there's not a lot of good things I can talk about with the Jets anywhere. So hopefully you don't have any of those guys. But New Orleans is going to be where the value is, of course. You're going to have the stellar performance by Drew Brees. He's the number five quarterback this week. Uh, you're going to look at Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram, both RB1s. I mean, what a tandem to have on your team, two RB1s. And, you know, I don't need to tell you if you have those guys, start those guys. Michael Thomas, he seems to get a lot of targets. You know, he's picked up the touchdowns a little bit now. But this is a guy that they're going to throw the ball to and they're going to throw a ball to a lot. Not really anything to report on the tight end scene on either team as well. You know, I wish I could say anything positive about the Jets. Maybe a, a Robbie Anderson at a, at a high-end wide receiver three. But, you know, I, I sorry, Jets fans. It's, uh, it's going bad now. Yeah, the New York Jets, it's figuring out who's the quarterback. Bryce Petty, Christian Hackenberg, this guy, that guy, the other guy. Who do we trust? Who don't, who don't we trust? Every single year, you can argue that the Jets should draft a quarterback. Every single year, you can argue that the Cleveland Browns should draft a quarterback. Those are not good positions to be in if you are an NFL franchise, that every single year you're looking for that answer, that hope that you could have. And they've struck out numerous times, and it hasn't worked. Hopefully, it will work for them in the upcoming not-too-distant future. But in the season that we're in right now, times are ugly for both of these teams. Injury-wise, for the Jets, we'll go to first since they're the visiting team. Jeremy Curley is out of this game at wide receiver. Matt Forte is questionable with a knee injury. Obviously, you know that Josh McCown's on injured reserve, so he will not be there for the matchup. The New Orleans Saints' Ted Ginn Jr. turned in a limited practice on Thursday. He has a rib injury. Josh Hill's shoulder injury at tight end. He shouldn't be on your team. So hopefully you don't have to be concerned about that. As far as the Jets go, they got spanked by the Denver Broncos 23 to nothing. That shows you how terrible the Jets have become. Now they're five and eight. Somehow this year they won five games, but I don't see anything from this. Bryce Petty does not have the hookup that Josh McCown had with Robbie Anderson. So Robbie Anderson, he is relegated to a wide receiver three, and he's more of taking a he he's a bigger risk now than he was all season. 
on the other side of it for New Orleans, their defense and special teams. I know that they're not great against good teams, but the New Orleans Saints are playing the Jets. So look to their defense and special teams. Look to Drew Brees. Look to Mark Ingram and Michael Thomas as well. As far as the Elvin Kamara side of things go, he's not showing up on the injury report right now. If he's good to go, then he's the person that you put out there. We're going to take a fast break. We'll be back in just a moment with more fantasy football discussion on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. This is a Wake Up Call Fast Break. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue, in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Happy to be here with you on the broadcast every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, right here where sports meets life on WakeUpCallDT.com's homepage, where you'll find the live feed right here embedded into this beautiful website. And, of course, you'll find it directly on MixLR.com backslash Wake Up Call DT. Tickets are now officially on sale for the CNY Pop Festival. There are so many Syracuse players. I'm just going to run the gamut here really quick. I know we're inside of Fantasy Football Friday, but I got to I gotta do this really quick if if I will be uh, – I know that Mike, Mike can appreciate. But I'm very, very excited for this opportunity, so I kind of want to share this with you really quick. The CNY Pop Festival – the pre-sale adult tickets are $15. The child tickets 6 to 12 are $10. Children that are 5 and below are for free. And the gamut that we have, the people that we have coming to this thing, we have Otis Hill of Syracuse's 1996 Final Four team. We have Bai Musakeda, Daywan Coleman, who played at Jamesville DeWitt and then went on to Syracuse. We have Dennis Duval, whose jersey is being retired on January 6th. We have Sonny Spira, my co-host for the for the pregame shows at Lees and Staggerwald, and former Syracuse player Dale Shackelford. We have Rob Drummond, who's with me at Lees and Staggerwald for football. 1987 undefeated team, Rob Drummond will be there. Eugene Waldron will be there. Roosevelt Bowie Jr. is going to be there. And the Ghostbusters of Central New York will also be on site. On top of all of that, we have Mark Dodson, who is the voice of the Gremlins, the voice of Salacious Crumb, and a voice who has lent himself to the Star Wars resurgence and return in The Force Awakens. Very happy to have him coming to the show. And Charles Barnett III, who is an inker for Marvel, as well as DC and others. And I'm very ecstatic about having him. And he's a local guy, too. So very excited about the CNY Pop Festival, Sunday, August 12th, 2018. 
from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. You can buy your tickets right now by going to cnypopfestival.eventbrite.com or you can just find it on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram by going to at cnypopfestival on any of the social media and the direct link will be right there for you. So make sure you go and buy your tickets today. We have a limited amount of VIP tickets, a limited amount of pre-sale adults, and limited for children pre-sale as well. So go out and buy your tickets, and thank you so much for the support that you give. And I'm so happy to say that as the show is live this morning, we went live with our ticket sales at 7 a.m., and I'm live with you here. Back with Fantasy Football Friday, Mike Sofka, Hall of Fame, FantasyFootball.com, and myself, Dan Satora, of WakeUpCallDT.com. We are inside of Week 15, Proudly brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub. Next up is Philadelphia and the New York Giants. Giants fighting for second pick. Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, one of those guys. What do you think about this matchup? Yeah, this one should be all Eagles, even though, you know, Carson Wentz is out. Don't forget, Nick Foles has time in that Reed uh, Peterson offense. So, you know, he, he's got playmakers all around him. he got a good defense. This one's going to be all Philadelphia. The Giants, not so much. So I look for Nick Foles to be a surprise guy. He may carry you through some DFS. Um, he's the number 18 overall quarterback this week. And Eli Manning, they just haven't been able to get it done. Uh, you know, hopefully you're not counting on him. He's the bottom feeder this week as well. Giants can't run the ball either. You know, and that's something Philadelphia has been able to do with the little monster they've created with Blunt, the Jaya, and, and, and Corey Clement. So, None of those guys is really over or above the other. It's kind of a mixed match. It's kind of a spread to wealth. So hopefully you're not relying on any of the running backs in this game on either side of the ball. Wide receiver-wise, maybe you have an Alshon Jeffrey who can be a you know a wide receiver too for you. Maybe I don't think Sterling Shepard's going to dress, so I don't even think you can acknowledge him. The one receiver for the Giants is Evan Ingram, the tight end. He's going to be a tight end one for you. He's probably been a tight end one for you most of the year. And um, Philadelphia, Zach Ertz. I mean, Zach Ertz is the man as long as he's on the field. As long as he's on the field, he's like a Gronk, a Kelsey, a Delaney Walker. If he steps foot on the field, he should be starting for you. Yeah. For this one, for Philadelphia and the New York Giants, and I feel like I feel like a lot of these games make me huff lately. I feel like I'm always like, <sighs> but Philadelphia – you know, this is a very sad story, and it's a sad story because you think about what teams could have been if they had this person. Now, Philadelphia is in first place. They're above Minnesota still. They found a way to gut it out and win the game. They're 11-2. and They're going to the playoffs. They defeated the Rams. I mean, you look at – I'm sorry, and it wasn't Minnesota. It was the Rams. 43-35 to in this game where number one and number two went up against each other. Jared Goff, the number one pick last season. Carson Wentz, the number two pick last season. So without Carson Wentz, it was funny because I brought it up earlier in the week in the Jacksonville press box, a bunch of people in the press were saying, who's the backup to Carson Wentz? Who's that guy that comes in for him now? And I was like, it's Nick Foles. But Nick Foles, he literally came back under the radar. They brought in the new regime and the new regime kind of was like, hey, maybe it was a mistake that... We let this guy go a couple of years ago, so let's bring him back to Philadelphia, and he used to be your starter. So, I mean, I think Philadelphia, of any team that has a backup, except for maybe Case Keenum in Minnesota, what he's done, Philadelphia's got a darn good guy who should be more than capable of handling this. Now, Carson Wentz was 
a very, very good, very good quarterback this season in his sophomore season. There was not a sophomore slump. There was a sophomore surge. So it's going to be a very tough thing to come up against. But before the curtain call for the Philadelphia Eagles, Nick Foles is hoping that he could be a better stand-in here than maybe he's ever been and bring some good things to the table. So for Philadelphia, they're playing the Giants, which means that Jay Ajayi comes into play. Corey Clement is a flex position for you. Torrey Smith comes into play. Trey Burton comes into play. Nelson Aguilar comes into play. Elshon Jeffrey comes into play for Philadelphia. But temper your expectations to take uh, take something that Mike likes to say a lot because of the fact that they have to get used to playing with Nick Foles. But Nick Foles is going to find his favorite receivers, which is why I gave you a plethora to choose from because they all have gotten involved. And then Evan Ingram on the other side for the Giants. That's the only thing of any merit. The Giants have a ton of people on their injury side of things. And, I mean, it's it's insult to injury, injury to insult, whatever way you want to call it, that's what it looks like. But Elshon Jeffrey did not practice on Thursday due to an illness, so just watch that one. Next one up is... Arizona, Washington, in Washington. What do you have for this one? Yeah, yeah. surprisingly, Wayne Gabbard's been playing relatively well. This could be a challenge for him with the Washington defense. So if you have to rely on Blaine Gabbard, he's a number 21 quarterback this week. But Kirk Cousins is the guy that gets it done. He seems to get, you know, get some things moving. He seems to be able to move them, even though they take away his weapons every year. So I'm not sure what Kirk Cousins a Redskin next year, but this is a great game for him to continue to showcase his abilities to make some team lick their chops even that much more to make sure they run out and get some Kirk Cousins next year. But, you know, it, it, running the ball, Samaj Perrine, he's been up and down inconsistent. He's the guy. He's the number one running back in Washington, so you have to roll him out. He's the number 14 overall running back. On the other side of the ball, well, not so much. You know, they're not going to bring back David Johnson. They're not going to rush him back. There's no need to do that. There's no need to risk, you know, your franchise player. There's no need to risk Adrian Peterson, who's almost over the hill now at this point. He's got a little bit of an injury, so... Kerwin Williams is going to be the guy, and I just don't see him getting much done. Maybe a flex play guy for you. On receiving the ball, you know, Larry Fitzgerald's the number one receiver in Arizona, but he ranks no more than the number 17 receiver this week, so a, a mid-range wide receiver, too, for you. On uh, on the other side of the ball, maybe a Jamison Crowder as a, as a top-end wide receiver, three, and, you know, tight end position. Jordan Reed, where's Jordan? Well, he's hurt. That's where he is. That's what he does. He goes out and gets hurt every game, and here you are waiting for some Jordan Reed, and you can't have him. 109-year-old Vernon Davis has been getting it done for him. He's a bottom-end, tight-end, two for you. And, you know, on the other side of the ball, I wish I could say more about Ricky Seals-Jones, but he's doing a, a, a yeoman's job for where he is in his career. He's a second-level tight end, a tight-end, two, mid-level tight-end, two for you this week. Yeah, there's there's multiple injuries on both sides of this thing. So Ryan Grant's uh, he's he's limited was limited in practice ankle injury, and then Jordan Reed he's on injured reserve as you know. So Washington and Arizona have a ton of injuries. Arizona has what Mike was talking about: Adrian Peterson, Jermaine Gresham, John Brown. They're all on the injury report. Larry Fitzgerald's your best bet out of Arizona. I really don't trust anybody else besides him in fantasy. And then on Washington's side, Kirk Cousins in this game, Samaje Perrine, and Josh Doxson or Jamison Crowder as flex positions for you. Mike and I are going to try and do seven games in seven minutes right now. Green Bay, Carolina, what do you got for me? Yeah, I like it. 
this is a game for quarterback play. Both Cam Newton and Aaron Rodgers. That's right, Aaron Rodgers is back. QB ones for both of them. Uh, uh, RB two for Jamal Williams, and of course the running back. And you can raise him up a little more. And Christian McCaffrey, if you're in a PPR league, but you know that already. Uh, tight end. I'm still looking for Greg Olson to make his comeback here. Not looking for anything from Green Bay's side of the ball. But as far as receivers go, I think Jordy Nelson may make an appearance back now that Aaron Rodgers is back. So look for that to happen. Look for some Devontae Adams and look for Devin Funches. These are all guys that you should have in your lineup. Yeah, you know, you look at the fact that uh, confirmed Wednesday, Rodgers is able to practice this week. He he could go out there, but you have to watch this one very closely because Green Bay is in a position right now where they're kind of, they have an opportunity, but they need a lot of help. So if Aaron Rodgers is a definite, I stashed him on my roster, and listen, this guy's been hungry. If anybody can come back cold and make a splash, it's Aaron Rodgers. So look to him if he's going to play in this game. Jamal Williams, Devontae Adams, I like them both just like I did last week, and it paid off dividends for you if you listen. so hopefully you did. Cam Newton on his side, he, he is questionable in the game, but you know he's going to want to play in this one, Cam Newton's an opportunity for you, and so is Devin Funches. Christian McCaffrey, because he does a lot of different things, is an option. Houston at Jacksonville. Jacksonville wins, and they're in the playoffs. What do you think about this one? Yeah, this is a, a Jacksonville team that's just strong. They're becoming stronger all the way around. This one could be a shutout. I mean, Houston's got T.J. Yates coming in to go against the number one defense in the league. So I'm looking for it to be all Jacksonville. You know to play Jacksonville's defense and special teams if you have them. D.J. Yates is the bottom quarterback. Blake Bortles has been playing surprisingly well, but with that cast around him, he's been able to, even with second and third-rate wide receivers, he's getting it done. And those receivers, of course, D.D. Westbrook, Keelan Cole, Marquise Lee, they all seem to be stepping up, but neither one of them is that one guy you have to have week in, week out, so all those guys are wide receiver threes. As far as Houston goes, well, I don't have to tell you, DeAndre Hopkins, he's going to be the guy. He's the wide receiver one there. And there's no real tight end to speak of. I'd like to say some good things about Mercedes Lewis, but fantasy-wise, I can't. And it looks to me like if you have Lamar Miller or Leonard Fournette, you know you have to start either one of those guys. But that's about it. I think it's going to be all Jacksonville. And you look at this game, Tom Savage is doubtful in the matchup. DeAndre Hopkins is questionable with a toe injury. Lamar Miller limited in practice on Thursday with a knee injury has left him questionable. Braxton Miller did not participate in practice on Wednesday. He is questionable to play in the game. As far as the Jaguars go for injuries, Marquise Lee, he's been questionable for the last few weeks. He has a foot injury. Alan Hearns, nice to see this one. He is questionable with an ankle injury instead of totally out of it and the uh, quadriceps injury for Leonard Fournette shouldn't prevent him from playing in the game. So as far as Houston goes, DeAndre Hopkins, that's the guy you look to. I think Lamar Miller, he may have some moments, and you can put him out there, but to me he's he's a running back two this week, not a one. Leonard Fournette, I like Leonard Fournette in this game. I like Blake Bortles in this game, and I like Keelan Cole, D.D. Westbrook, because you can go and get them in free agency or waiver wire and stash them and throw them onto your team. If you're smart, you already had these guys and they will make you happy this week as Jacksonville, I believe, will punch their ticket to the playoffs. Los Angeles Rams at the Seattle Seahawks. Thoughts on this one? Yeah, you have Russell Wilson. You know you need to start him. He's the number one overall quarterback. You know, uh, Jared Goff, not so much on the other side against that Seattle defense. He's the number 16 quarterback. I know the Legion of Doom is getting broken up, but they're still formidable. 
and it's in Seattle, and that's everything right there. Seattle usually plays well in Seattle. Seattle's having a hard time running the ball, though, whether they're home or away. And Mike Davis is going to be the guy. You're going to want to start him as an RB2 strictly because of the volume of touches he's going to get. They've been struggling to find somebody. They thought they found somebody in Chris Carson. He's dinged up. He's trying to make it back on the field. But Mike Davis is going to be the guy, surely, at a volume. And, of course, Todd Gurley, one of the top two running backs in the league, year-round, you know, to start him right away. And, you know, on the reception side of things, Doug Baldwin's getting it done. Paul Richardson stepping it up. And even though Jimmy Graham got shut out by Jacksonville last week, anytime he steps on the field, you got to merit starting Jimmy Graham. You know, I wish I could say something more about a tight end from the Rams, but I can't. Receivers from the Rams, I, I, I really can't. So look for Seattle to win this game. I know the Rams are a good team, but I think Seattle's going to bounce back after that loss on the road in Jacksonville. Yeah, you know, Seattle, they're in a situation right now where they have to keep face, they have to keep winning. They're a team that is fighting in a very difficult NFC to try and make it for a wild card spot. There's only two spots, but there's four to five teams that are fighting to be in that position. This is a huge game for Seattle and Los Angeles because both because Seattle is eight and five, LA is nine and four. Seattle wins this game. They go from scratching to stay in the playoff hunt to being at the head of the division potentially. So this is a massive game for both teams. It creates separation for LA or it puts Seattle in it and puts LA out after LA's had such a strong start to the season at nine and four. You play Todd Gurley in this game. You play. You look at Cooper Cup and Sammy Watkins as options as well, just like you did last week. Seattle, you play Russell Wilson, and then you look to Doug Baldwin, who wants to bounce back from having the ball taken away from him a couple times in Jacksonville. Mike Davis, I put him as a flex position type of running back for me. I haven't been impressed by anybody in Seattle this season running the ball. New England at Pittsburgh. Whoever wins this takes hold of the top of the AFC. This has been this has been looming all year long. And every time New England wins and Pittsburgh is about to lose, they gut it out and find a way to win. Well this game will decide who is in first place potentially today and when we call to the playoffs in just a couple weeks, this is probably the biggest game of the week. What do you have for this one? Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching this game. It's going to be a lot of fantasy points. Both teams have defenses where they're capable of playing well, but both teams have defenses that are capable of being carved up like each one was last week. So I look for a lot of fantasy points in this one. Ben Roethlisberger and Tom Brady, both QB1s, obviously. You know, if, if you have... Uh, the running attack and Deion Lewis, and you can spread the ball around to a Gronk, which is the number one tight end. He'll be back from suspension. And then, of course, you have Antonio Brown, who can catch the ball. Oh, and Juju Smith-Schuster is back in the fold, too. So while New England can spread the ball around, Pittsburgh's playmakers are just very, very strong. I look for this to be a very competitive game. I look for it to be a three-point game, and I'm excited for the fantasy points on both sides of the ball. Yeah, and I agree with you. I think this game could be 38-35 to 35 type of game, something like that. Chris Hogan is questionable with a shoulder injury, so he could be coming back this week. And Juju Smith-Schuster as a receiver on the other side for Pittsburgh. Watch them both. You can go to wakeupcalldt.com, fantasy football page, and right under that, the injury report. You can click on fantasy football on wakeupcalldt.com, click on that tab, and it'll bring you to the injury report. Or you could go to the tab below fantasy football and find it there as well. Tom Brady, Deion Lewis, 
options for you in this game. Rex Burke had another option for you. Brandon Cooks, Rob Gronkowski, those are all options for you moving forward. Ben Roethlisberger, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown. If Juju Smith-Schuster's ready to go, then think about him too. This is going to be a massive game, but I'm leaning on the side of Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown to take care of business and take first place. Tennessee at San Francisco. Thoughts on this? Well, I, I never thought I'd say this, but I have Jimmy Garoppolo as a better value play over Marcus Mariota this week. Jimmy Garoppolo, a mid-range quarterback too. Marcus Mariota, a back-end quarterback too, number 20 on the rankings this week. Uh, DeMarco Murray looks like he's splitting some time here with Derrick Henry. And you know what? Tennessee really did Jacksonville a big favor by losing at Arizona last, last week. So I don't know if Tennessee has anything to play for left. I don't know if there's any gas left in the tank. Delaney Walker, you can always count on him, though. And Garoppolo's been getting it done thanks to the matchup and the relationship he's building with Marquise Goodwin. That seems to be working. And Carlos Hyde seems to be steady. Eddie, he's the mid-range running back, too, this week. So look for some value points here and there in this game. But, you know, lackluster. This is the game to watch for next year's players. Yeah, this game for me, and obviously there's some talent here on both sides, but like Mike said, I mean, this is – Tennessee's fighting for their lives. Tennessee has to win this game to stick in things here with Jacksonville. If Jacksonville wins out, they win the division. Tennessee's still in the hunt for the playoffs very much, so they're in the playoffs right now if the playoffs were to start today. So they're in very good footing as they move forward, but they're going to have to play a San Francisco team that expects people to look past them and they've already had to start at, start with Jimmy Garoppolo. They looked like they were going to stash him for next year, but they couldn't do that due to injuries and whatnot. So they have to play Jimmy, and Jimmy is going to provide more of an opportunity than other people have gotten. We saw Houston fall to San Francisco last week. So in this game for Tennessee, you look at DeMarco Murray, you look at Delaney Walker, potentially Eric Decker. On San Francisco's side, you look at Carlos Hyde, and if you have to play a two-quarterback set, you look at Jimmy Garoppolo as a quarterback, too, and give him a potential opportunity. But I could see San Francisco win in this game, which would be all the more help to Jacksonville. Dallas at Oakland, Sunday Night Football. Thoughts on this? Yeah, you know, if I was Oakland, I would try to make Dak Prescott beat me. The only bad news is he might, just simply because Oakland's been playing so bad on both sides of the ball. Derek Carr has fallen off the, the, the map here. He was usually a QB1. He's a low-end QB2. Uh, he, 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 you know, Dak Prescott, he's a bottom-end QB1 this week. So just simply because of the matchup against Oakland, they've been playing both sides very badly. Dallas is supposed to get Sean Lee back here, so hopefully that'll pick things back up for their defense. Running the balls where some value is on either one of these sides. Uh, Marshawn Lynch, low-end running back, too. And, he, he, you know, I... <laughs> I would love to sit here and tell you that Alfred Morris has been doing a great job, but he's been doing an okay job, and he's a bottom-end RB2 this week. And, you know, Dallas has that one guy they can throw the ball to, and that's Des Bryant. Maybe a Jason Witten could show up. These are bottom-end one positions in each respective position. And you know what? I think it's Dallas is going to walk into Oakland, and I think they're going to be able to take care of business here. On that end, I think it's going to be all Dallas. 
Yeah, Dallas needs every single game right now. Next week, they get Ezekiel Elliott back in Week 16. Hard to believe six games have gone by without him. If you're a Dallas fan, maybe not so much. Maybe it felt like an eternity. But for the Cowboys, they've done okay. They found a way to bounce back. In this game, I like Dak Prescott as a low-end quarterback one. I also look to Rod Smith to be somebody that can create some things for the Cowboys. He's a nice young running back that I thought was going to do some things earlier on in the season. It's taken a little while, but I like him in this game. I like Des Bryant in the game as well. For the Raiders, Marshawn Lynch, I agree, a running back too. Michael Crabtree is going to get the majority of the opportunities because Amari Cooper is going to be out of this game. Final game, Atlanta-Tampa Bay in Tampa. What do you have? Yeah, unfortunately, you know, even though I live near Tampa, you know, I, I, I can't tell you anything positive about Tampa. They're just falling apart here, and I, I don't see it. I don't understand it. They got some players. They got some players back. Jameis hasn't been Jameis. He hasn't been playing very well. And I think Matt Ryan is going to look real good against a soft Tampa secondary. Matt Ryan's uh, back-end QB1 this week. Jameis, the mid-range QB2. And part of the problem in Tampa is they're not able to get a consistent run attack going. So, you know, the running attack is on the other side of the ball with uh, – with Atlanta, Devonta Freeman being a low-end running back one this week. And Tevin Coleman, if he's capable of making the field, he's probably more of a flex player or a bottom-end running back three. You know, because Jameis has been playing so poorly and Tampa's not been able to run the ball well, well, that brings Mike Evans down a few notches as well. So he's a quarterback, I mean, wide receiver two, maybe a wide receiver three this week. And I've never had him rank so low, but Tampa's just not able to get it done. I look for this game to be all Atlanta. Yeah, even though this game is being played in Tampa, Atlanta's gotten better. They've surged late. They're 8-5. and five. They have a lot of opportunities here to move forward. So I like Matt Ryan in the game. I like Devontae Freeman. I like Julio Jones in this matchup. Austin Hooper is another guy to look at as well as a low-end tight end, too, if you need another one out there. Tevin Coleman, he's if he can play, he's still in the concussion protocol late in the week, which is not a good sign for him and I hope that things get better. On Tampa's side of it, you know, Peyton Barber's been taking care of business in, in certain ways, and so, I mean, he is he's a running back three option for you. O.J. Howard is your best bet because Cameron Brait is still nursing an injury, so I like O.J. Howard but and Mike Evans, but Tampa has not been the same, so don't expect out of them what you've gotten out of them maybe in prior weeks. That is Fantasy Football Friday for Week 15, giving you fantasy football advice, proudly brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub. Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame, FantasyFootball.com. I thank you always, sir. I appreciate it. Awesome. I'll talk to you next time. All right. Sounds good. That coming from Mike Sofka. Quick fast break. We'll wrap up the show. This is a wake-up call. Fast break. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315 315- 
487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash DT. Have a great day. Be well. Watch Syracuse at Georgetown. Don't forget about your putting in your fantasy football rosters for Saturday's games. There's two of them on December 16th. Big games on December 17th. I will be down in Jacksonville for the final home game of the season, regular season. Hopefully not the final home game as they're edging toward the playoffs. So I'm excited about that. So make sure you pay attention with me. Read the story. Follow me on Twitter at CallDT from down there. Go buy your tickets for the CNY Pop Festival. Get the link on Twitter at CNY Pop Festival, Facebook at CNY Pop Festival, or just go directly to cnypopfestival.eventbrite.com, Facebook, Twitter at CNY Pop Festival. Thank you so much. God bless you. Happy birthday to my G mom. It would be her 101st birthday. I miss you like crazy, and I love you. A bushel and a peck and a squeeze around the neck. Have a great day, folks. I'll talk with you soon. God bless you. Kisses and hugs to all. 